Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. This show will begin shortly after these messages from our advertisers. Advertising is what keeps the show alive. Your support means they'll continue to advertise and the podcast will continue to be free. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt, your shoulder hurts, and your back. Oh my God, your back. They're constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here is something you haven't tried. Pain Absolve. Pain Absolve is not available in any drugstore. The only way to get it is by calling today. We're so confident that it will work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription needed. And best of all, each purchase comes with a money-back guarantee. Call now to find out how you can get Pain Absolve and get rid of your pain. Call 800-261-0783. That's 800-261-0783. 800-261-0783. Call today. 800-261-0783. Are you lacking a little something between paranormal and abnormal? You need the Into the Parabnormal store. Now open at parabnormalradio.com. From hoodies to shirts, accessories, and our digital music library, it's all available in the Into the Parabnormal store. Your purchase directly helps support the show. Thanks for buying from the Into the Parabnormal store at parabnormalradio.com. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yo, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com That's one 844 300 leaf. Five, four, three, two, one. When the lights go down, the paranormal comes alive. We go deep into topics the lamestream media won't dare touch. 
From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon, deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, you're traveling somewhere between abnormal and paranormal into the paranormal. Victims of brainwashing experiences, experiments, I should say, by the Canadian government, known as MK Ultra, mind control. Victims and their families speaking out tonight on this edition of Into the Parabnormal. I am Jeremy Scott. Good evening from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon. Somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, it is good to be with you here. Of course, a couple of months ago, we did a program at length about uh, the effort by the group known as Survivors Allied Against Government Abuse, made up of victims themselves and family members of victims of these brainwashing experiments. Experiments, As we've documented in our episode called uh, Mind Control Malfeasance back in July, Starting in the 1940s and continuing into the 1960s, staff at the Allen Memorial Institute in Montreal conducted brainwashing experiments on victims that caused lifelong damage, in some cases death. The Department of National Defense has never owned up to their involvement in funding of the experiments, but survivors allied against government abuse isn't ready to let them off the hook. They have filed a class action lawsuit against the U.S. Attorney General, Canadian government, the McGill University Health Center, and the Royal Victoria Hospital, of which the Allen Memorial Institute was a part. We have several folks here from the group to talk about their personal accounts or those of their loved ones uh, about the lawsuit um, and also about the rally on Parliament Hill this past weekend. Uh, I'd first like to welcome back Julie Gold, who represents the group. Uh, you can find out more information on their fight at Saga, S-A-A-G-A dot info. Julie, welcome back to the program. Thank you for coming on tonight. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to be back. We have lots to talk about. Yes, yeah, so let's dive into what it, what has transpired since we talked last. Well, <clears throat> not a lot has transpired, but uh, we're getting a bit of a runaround by the U.S. government, and we decided to hold a rally on Parliament Hill. And uh, I don't know how many of your listeners are Canadian, but uh, we have an election coming up in a couple of weeks, and it's been made clear to us that they didn't want anyone to hear about this rally. Yeah, so I guess we vote, a, vote accordingly, day. right? That's the message, Julie, vote accordingly. Mm-hmm. We had to get a lot of different permits to hold this rally because it started on a center block on Parliament Hill and then we marched over to the U.S. Embassy. So there had to be permits and all kinds of things, a lot of rules about the signs and where we stand and where we can walk. And and, um, when we do the press release, we send it to a gentleman at Parliament Hill and he sends it out to at least 300 outlets. 
And when we got there, we weren't on the list. We weren't mentioned. It was like we didn't exist. There was no spot for us. There was no electricity. Security never heard of us. And uh, the gentleman who was supposed to send out the press releases said he didn't get our emails, but we sent him seven different emails from three different addresses. Convenient. Um, rules about where you can yes. walk. Rules about where you can walk on property paid for by you, the taxpayer. Yes. This is uh, this is really troubling because I mean it's it, it's courageous for for all of you to get together and form this group and hold these people accountable. Um, and is it is is this it's as if the government uh, just like you said doesn't want people to know about it. Right. But it's been like that for 65 years, so we didn't think anything would change, but we certainly didn't expect what we got. I mean, it was very clear that we they even have a newspaper called The Hill News, and we weren't even in there either. Um, It was just like it didn't happen. And the only press that came was the CBC, English and French. There was no coverage. And um, Lana, who I believe will be on your show at 7.30, arranged with the Ottawa Police Department, you know, because we needed needed to clear it with them because we're marching to the U.S. Embassy. And they were extremely sympathetic. But we were told by Parliament Hill we weren't even allowed to be on the same side of the street on a a public sidewalk. Segregation. But the Ottawa Police let us go wherever we wanted. They were very, very nice. They gave us an escort. But everybody else was strangely absent. And tell us, remind us, remind us, particularly for the folks who who missed our program previous, why is the U.S. government involved in this? Well, I believe that Dr. Cameron, and this is not fact. This is my opinion and from what I've read. I mean, nothing is fact until it's in court, right? Correct. My belief is that my belief was that the Allen Memorial was set up with U.S. money, uh, the Rockefellers, the U.S. Army, all kinds of people from the U.S. put money in to create this hospital and the Canadian government, Department of National Defense. But most of the money came from the U.S. So it makes you wonder if this hospital was set up to serve U.S. needs from the very start. Uh, under the disguise that it's actually being run by Canadians, right, Julie? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, they were doing very barbaric experiments even then. And eventually, the CIA, you know, with the Korean soldiers that came back brainwashed to want communism, they wanted to know how the Chinese and the Russians did that, you know, with Cold War era. And um, they recruited Cameron to do a series of experiments for them, which went on from 57 to 65, something like that. But the experiments started from day one. They're really barbaric ones with specific um, specific needs that the CIA wanted, started in 57. It was like everything up to 57 was like, um, okay, like, uh, like, I'm trying to think of the word preparation, pre- pre- preparatory trials, you know. And then the uh, then the CIA came in and gave them a lot of money to conduct these experiments for their needs. But it started off right from day one with the Americans so 
um, we have every right, we believe, to sue the U.S. government. But that part, I believe, will go to court. And not likely... Because the U.S. government is claiming immunity. Not likely to be a quick process, we can imagine. No. No. No, that part of it won't be. But normally, cost actions in Canada are run very differently than in the U.S. In Canada, when you file a cost action suit, it goes to a judge, and the judges are being pressured now to render a decision whether to grant that certificate to go forward within a year. So a cost action suit can be very quick. It doesn't stop the other parts from continuing, you know, institutions, and that will go quickly. The Americans, however, are a different story. But like I said, it won't hold up the rest of the suit. Our number for those to get involved, if you're in Canada, we have tested this out, uh, is 503-506-0396. That's, of course, going to require you to make a long-distance call if you don't have it included with your phone service, but you'll at least be able to complete the call. It's 503-506-0396. If you were at the rally, uh, if you uh, are a victim of this yourself, uh, if you're a family member of the victim, if you have any thoughts on this, um, you can you can reach us on the program right now uh, at 503-506-0396 in Canada. If you are in North America, you can call our usual toll-free number at 855-790-8255. That's 855-790-8255. Again, the website where you can find out more information is uh, saga.info for the Survivors Allied Against Government Abuse. Julie Gold is with us. She's the lead plaintiff for the uh, civil uh, for the uh, class action lawsuit. Uh, you have involvement in this because of what happened to your father, correct, Julie? Right. That's correct, yes. And for those who, uh, who are unaware, can you give us a quick synopsis of, uh, of, of what, uh, what his treatments were like uh, at the uh, Allen Memorial Institute? Sure. My father went in because he had a trigeminal neuralgia, or people call it TMJ. It's a pain in the side of the temple that radiates into the jaw. So my father was not a psychiatric patient. He was just a man with a pain an excruciating pain. And in those days, if they didn't know how to treat it, they assumed it was all in your head. As time goes by, we know that this, this problem is definitely not in your head. But uh, he was never put in there to be treated for the pain because the day he arrived, they, put him in, uh, they started him on insulin, which was used to keep the patient in a coma during a psychic driving and all the ECTs. And... Uh, so they had a purpose for my father being there. See, my father's family doctor had sent him to see a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist, we didn't know, was working with Cameron at the Allen. And so he sent my father to be in that program. And it was horrible, uh, very, very strong shock treatments that are like 40 to 50 times, or now I hear 75 times the, the normal strength of a, of a shock treatment which is probably very horrible 
to begin with, but 75 times that, you can just imagine that it's, it's, it's to wipe out any memory. And they were very frustrated because the notes in my father's file are very clear that they are not happy with his progress because he still had ties to his former life by asking to see his wife. So clearly, nothing they were doing had anything to do with my father's ailment. And that, unfortunately, is really what happened with most of them. By the time the CIA came in in 57, uh, we're told that the ECT room was like 24-7. It was just one patient in, one patient out. Next, in, out. Next, in, out. It was 24-7 of electroshock treatments. And um, unfortunately, none of, nobody came out better. Um, most people came out unable to function or cope or, you know, and most people went in for very minor things such as, you know, postpartum depression or slight anxiety. Uh, one man, 33 years old, goes in because he's experiencing slight anxiety and they decide to lobotomize him and I guess they didn't sterilize things properly and two days later he died of an infection. He was only 33 with minor anxiety. So, you know, it's a combination of not just filling the CIA's needs about, you know, mind control. It was also uh, some medical malpractice involved as well. So it, it was a real mess. I would like to add uh, two things, if you don't mind, Jeremy. Please do. One is that I, I, in light of what happened with the rally, I really can't thank you enough for giving us this coverage. Uh, it's very important to us, especially now when an election is coming up, and just the fact that you've maintained this interest in our case, uh, we were very, very appreciative. And the second thing I wanted to tell you was that I got quite a few calls after you aired the segment in July, but unfortunately, I just want your listeners to know that this class action is strictly for what happened at the Allen Memorial. I know, there are, I know that these treatments went on in many, many places. Uh, maybe not so much in the U.S., but certainly across Canada. And I've gotten so many calls from people wanting to join the suit, but unfortunately it is limited to the Allen Memorial Hospital. Uh, I've, I've told people how we started our suit. Uh, you know, we just put the word out on Facebook, and gradually one thing led to another, and then we had a meeting and the press were invited, and that sort of blew things open for everybody to come forward. And there are still many who haven't because it's just too painful for them to deal with. But I did get a lot of calls from Americans, and I know that things happened in Montauk and different places like that, but unfortunately our suit does not cover that. Hello in Vancouver. You're on with Julie Gold. I guess they uh, dropped off the line. Julie, you're still with me? We do have quite a few members in Vancouver, so it could be one of them that's calling in. All right, um, so call back if you uh, yeah, if you dropped off the line. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing about the government we have in place now because they have apologized and compensated so many groups of people. I mean, we don't have a great history here in Canada for treating people fairly. We have the Duplessis orphans. We have the residential schools, children taken away from from Indian parents and the Inuit, the, the Japanese that were interred during the war, the Jews that were sent to work camps in Quebec. I mean, there's so many things. But this case, we just don't get it. Unless there's some big bombshell that we're not aware of, we can't understand how our case, they just absolutely refuse to acknowledge. It's really a wonder. And, and it you, makes you wonder if there's more to the story than we know. 
Yeah, Julie, that's still the case, even as more records are being released and the evidence is starting to mount, uh, the parties involved yes. are still denying this. Yes. Well, they just ignore it. They just completely ignore it. And, and uh, interestingly, Justin Trudeau's mother, his own mother, was treated at the Allen Memorial. So you'd think he would be more sympathetic. But, you know, people have been there. In 1992, Brian Mulroney's government came out with what they called the Depatterned Persons Assistance Program. And certain people, if they qualified, would receive $100,000. Now, frankly, I think $100,000 is to spit in the bucket. I know what it cost my mother to take care of my father all those years. And it was at least 20 times that. But they came up with this program with very, very tight, ridiculous parameters, and the, person, the victim had to be alive. So very few people got compensated. But when one woman went back, I don't know, five times to try to get the 100000 I, I guess they finally gave it to her. I'm, I don't know what the circumstances were because she had been refused four times. And finally the fifth time they just gave it to her, but they made her sign a non-disclosure agreement. And no other government made anybody sign anything like that. And although she didn't respect it, um, you know, because she did give interviews, which is, you know, one of the reasons why this group got together, but the fact that they requested the non-disclosure is, I think, terrible. Julie, as far as uh, the rally uh, went, um, yeah. mm -hmm. what what was the message that, that you guys wanted to communicate? That it's time to release the files and tell the truth. This episode in our history is not in our history books. They have not released documents to allow journalists to write about it. Or research, or researchers, or historians can't even put it in our records because they've been given. They're still sitting on documents that we don't have access to. We don't, you know. There's a Freedom of Information Act, but they have not. They have not let anything out. Nothing. So researchers here, historians, journalists are very angry that none of this goes down in history. They want to make like it never happened. And, uh, you know, and although countries uh, in Europe are passing laws to pretend that, to, to act like the Holocaust didn't happen, um, I don't believe that a little law can make something disappear. And it's extremely frustrating that uh, they're not acknowledging anything. I mean, this, this was really a terrible, terrible thing that they did to so many families. It, it, it's amazing how many families. We had a gentleman who does these protests professionally, and he was helping us out. And during the course of him helping us, he actually found out that his aunt was a victim. It, it just, it crossed every community, English, French, uh, Catholic, Jewish, Christian, you know, it's just all across the board. There's so many people in Quebec who were affected by this. It's, it's mind-boggling. I mean, together with the two lawsuits that are in place right now, there has to be at least 425 people. And that's just the ones who've come forward. And I still hear about people who are still considering joining, but it's too painful. So it, it's affected so many people that it's hard to imagine that they could really keep this under wraps for so long. Like, just deal with it already. Compensate the people accordingly. As a matter of fact, while I mentioned that, Stansfield Turner who was a director of the CIA, I think, in the 60s, when he heard about this program, he said 
he had meetings with the CIA where he told them that they must track down every single victim and compensate them properly. And the CIA twice said that, you're right, we will, but they never did. Julie, if you don't mind sticking with us, uh, we do have uh, we do have somebody who wants to talk with you. Uh, so we'll continue our program, Brainwashed with Survivors Allied Against Government Abuse. I'm Jeremy Scott from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. We'll be right back. Think you've heard it all? Just wait until Into the Paranormal continues. Times are changing. The circus of politics, healthcare's low standards and high prices, and let's not forget food quality. What to do? Arm yourself with life change tea at getthetea.com. In a world of chemical imbalance and poor air and water quality, it's time you make a move. Log on to getthetea.com and stock up on organic non-GMO supplements. Don't forget the tea. Cleansing your body never felt so good. And we have a brand new tea called Takedown Tea, which helps support healthy glucose. All natural body support so you can be at your best naturally. All you have to do is log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. We're not a fad that comes and goes. We are the real deal. Join us and armor up. GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Changing America's health one teabag at a time. Select Into the Parabnormal at checkout. You can hear Into the Parabnormal on the go. Download the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStreamLive.com or install it on your mobile device from Google Play or the App Store and take the program with you 24-7 anywhere you have Internet. Low on data or out of Wi-Fi coverage? We've got you covered. Call our listen line at 701-719-9703 and don't miss out on Into the Paranormal, courtesy of TalkStream Live. What were you told at the time of your father's death? I was told that your father has had an accident. But that was the cover story told by the CIA. Tonight we report on a secret CIA research project carried out in Montreal in which mental patients felt they were used as the CIA's gu- gu- guinea pigs. The CIA essentially tested the effects of LSD. The hallucinogenic drug on unsuspecting members of the public as well as among military officials. But the young servicemen have no idea what they are letting themselves in for. On the board there was a separate notice typed which said in so many words, volunteers wanted to help find a cure for the common cold. Hundreds of other patients underwent experiments conducted by Dr. Ewan Cameron. The psychiatrist was trying to discover if the human brain could be reprogrammed or brainwashed. Reprogrammed or brainwashed. No boring politics, just tales of UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, and earth-shattering science. You're traveling into the paranormal. 
We got a good problem. It's not a problem at all, actually. The lines are stacked. And so you may get a busy signal. But you might just have to keep trying back. Or when you hear somebody, when we say bye to them, then you could give the call uh, at that point, And maybe you'll have better luck getting through. That's Trust me, that's a good problem to have. Julie Gold with us from Survivors Allied Against Government Abuse. And we have a caller on uh, from Vancouver. Who do we have here? I think that's me. It's Ellen Atkin. Hi. Hello, Hello, Ellen. How are you? Oh, good. I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm I'm wonderful. Uh, Thank you for calling in, and um, I appreciate you joining the conversation tonight. Um, You were involved in this program, uh, correct? Uh, Not that I'm aware. I I don't believe that I was uh, a, a child victim of of the Allen Memorial, but you never know. I, I could have been. I mean, I still believe that picture of MK Ultra Girl is me, but I don't know where that was taken. Uh, I certainly do want to do more research on it, and I have been as much as I can in my position where I am, but, uh, but both my parents went to the Allen Memorial, and I have both of their records. So, as far as the case goes, I have evidence for the case for my parents being there. Uh, but myself, I I don't have that. Uh, I will ask for it, but I haven't done that yet. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I've been surprised a lot in this, um, uh, you know, in the last little while. Well, certainly getting my parents records is, has been earth-shattering, ground-shifting. <laughs> Yeah, that's when I first wanted to know. But you see, my parents didn't want me to know. They didn't. They. My mother could have been in that suit. She certainly qualified, and so could my father. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that he was. He was a patient of you and Cameron. He had ECT. He was on all kinds of drugs. Like he was in there three times between. 61 and 64 like he could have they both could have done it so they it was something that was concealed from us my father obviously had a a real problem with anyone knowing especially us that he was in that hospital yeah so i had to find out this way and 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 i got those records and my mom i knew she was in there but uh you know, I, she didn't hide that. But, it, I mean, it, this is, she still didn't talk about it much. Anyway, yeah, I got the records. How, but long, yeah, did my, tell, how long did it take well, you it to was, get the record going? It was, well, 21 years since I wrote the first letter. So wow. that's me, the 21 year. Yeah. yeah it, so 21 was, years. I, you know, I, I gave up right after that. And I reinvigorated in 2013. And when, when I, and I just, I just had like, but I I actually wrote a letter in 2011 as well. You know, it was returned on open. I still have it. Like it was just gnawed at me enough that I, I kept at it. Like, I gotta find out stuff. This is wrong. What happened? And, and it's led to this. So I, when I, like I, I, I did a public blog post in 2013 seeking information about my mother. Um, and that was after, I, I believe it was after I found her online in this 
uh, video clip. It was in a movie, and she was getting electroshocked by you and Cameron, and I recognized her. So that caused me to go public with it because I'm like, okay, this is just too much. I, this is, okay, that's my mother. What's going on here? She's, you know, I mean, not to mention that there's like, where's the copyright on this? Where's it, who signed off on it, right? And, and, and not just that, oh, some anonymous victim. That's my mother, right? And so I began public uh, writing about it 2013. And then uh, 2015, so three years later, I I was continuing to work the subject, uh, not heavily, but I was. And then I saw that picture of the little girl and recognized myself. And that's when I kind of went supernova with the whole thing. I thought, okay, enough of this. I am just going to all in. And I claimed that picture publicly. And went through a lot of stuff publicly, and I'm still going through it. But because of that public claiming and the stake that I put into the ground, like a, a, a stake, and I planted a flag, and I put a territory around that picture and around the subject, it has led to this. It has bolstered the the movement, you could call it, the awareness. It has... In my case, personally, it's led to this, which is something that makes me very happy. It's it's something that I would call a success. It was something that I would have hoped would have happened in the beginning of me doing that. So I'm going to say congratulations to everybody so far in this process because we have won a lot, even though we haven't won the case. We've gotten right. very far. We really have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Julie, for all your efforts. And, you know, for me, a huge, a huge, huge forward point about any sort of legal action was to n- not have the original lawyer involved. And, and that is, was agreed right. in agreement with other members of the group, and, and that's happened as yeah. well. So I'm happy about that. So you see, right. the thing things have gone my way by going public, make doing this, taking the stand. I don't. I would love to, you know, be a real investigator. I just don't have time. I have like a, you know, small footprint sort of life in a typical cast off targeted person sort of way that I don't make a lot of money and I'm not really set up in life but that's what happened to the a lot of the families of of the right. programs and it's certainly happened to a lot of the people so yeah, yeah anyway that's that's kind of my intro yeah well, yeah. Julie, are you seeing that um, you know others are are getting the runaround as well when it comes to their records requests? Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, yeah. It's it's definitely a battle. It's definitely yeah, a I battle. Was so persistent. We were we were all very uplifted by Ellen getting her records after twenty one years. Gave people a lot of people hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I- you well, know, they're I, still saying this one was never there, this one was never there, but, you know, as far as we know, the records have not been destroyed, and at this point, they can't be. They've already given them, uh, you know, they've already 
uh, filed something with the courts, uh, do not destroy order. So I believe that when this finally comes to be that none of the records will be missing. I believe that everyone will get their records. That's my belief. I believe the, all the records are somewhere as well, not just for us, but oh, yeah. all the records for all yeah. this stuff. I, I believe they're somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. If, if yeah. you know, they're not in you know some underground base somewhere. Like they're somewhere. Yeah. yeah. They made Listen, many, many uh, those computers really only came into being in the '90s, and all the records from the Allen were put into registries on their computer system in the '90s. And these are records from the 40s and 50s and 60s. So if they didn't destroy them, then I don't believe that anything has been destroyed. I mean, you know, maybe somebody filed something wrong or maybe some papers are missing, but I do believe the records are still there. Well, good luck to you, uh, Ellen. I, I'm, I'm happy that you got the records. Does this, um, does this, I mean, you're still waiting for the ultimate closure, but what, what does it mean uh, to have those records in hand, at least now? Uh, it means a lot. It means, uh, personally, it means just a whole different view of my parents that I wasn't aware of. Uh, there was some parts, but a lot of missing pieces. Uh, mostly it was, they were, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, shame and, you know, there was a lot to do with it, but you know, there's a lot of secrets involved here. So the, what we're trying to do is uncover the secrets. And and I, I, I can't say at all where I am on the scale of uncovering those secrets. <laughs> you know, there, I mean, there's probably a lot more. Of course there are. I'm only at the beginning. Uh, these records of my father's and my mother's, it's not even the beginning of their mental history, mental illness history uh, in Ontario. They were at other hospitals and... Uh, yeah, and, and it doesn't line up with the film clip either. The film clip was before my mother was actually admitted as a patient. So it, it would suggest that this was one of Dr. Cameron's roving trips to other locations, as he was known to do, to perform this yeah. on whatever willing subject matters. Now, curiously, the part of her, my mother's problem was that she had a breakup with a fiancé who was a uh, son of a prominent doctor's family in London, Ontario. Of course, no one has the name. And and this was the exact time that would have been around when that film clip was reportedly dated, which is 53, which is four or five years before she was actually admitted. So, but she was away from home in London, fiance to this doctor, uh, doctor's son, who was apparently erratic. And the next thing you know, she is labeled mentally ill. She's getting shot from her doctor in London, Ontario. And then she is labeled mentally ill and depressed and up and down and whatever else going on but uh, she yeah she got she got sort of pushed into that well the next place for you is the hospital then but she was 
she it was she was wanting help. They were saying, "Well, this is this might help. We're going to help you, right?" And even in the reports for both of them, it's like, "Oh, and now they're it's like they just you know sort of put a little feather in their cap. Oh, they're much better. Off they go. That's that's kind of what these reports say about my parents. But nobody was ever better. <laughs> no, but nobody no, was ever better. No, yeah. not a, they weren't. I mean, it was just like they were trying to, you know, square peg, round hole, the whole thing. Right. Anyway, yeah. yeah, there's a lot. La- there's still a lot of pieces of the puzzle. But as far as this case goes, I'm 100 percent behind it, and I don't understand why anyone else wouldn't be. Uh, yes, I had, I did sort of, I did like put myself on the line. I, but I didn't have anything to lose. I didn't have kids. I didn't have family. Didn't have, uh, you know. I don't have assets, you know, to to lose. So I just went for it. Now it worked. It to me, for me, it worked. It worked personally, and it worked as a public impetus, I believe, to help this case get going as well. And here we are. So I think I'm, uh, you know, I, I. That's a congratulations to all of us. That's like, you know, hey, th- that's that worked. To a degree. Yeah. Now let's continue it. We've definitely make come sure a long way from where we started. Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, right. And in yeah. in we good to re- direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ellen, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program and uh, and sharing the story about your parents. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining us. Okay. Thanks. All right. Absolutely. I do want to clear a line uh, because uh, we have some other folks who want to join us. I want to bring in Lana right now, who uh, helped uh, organize this rally on Parliament Hill this past weekend. Hi, Lana. Hi. How are you? I am well. Hello? Uh, tell us about why you dis- why you guys decided to uh, to rally and and how much uh, effort it took uh, to put something like this together, only to have. Um, the minions not step in line. <laughs> no kidding. Um, well, I had no no experience in doing this whatsoever, so it was a huge learning experience for me. I made sure I dotted every I and crossed every T to get the proper permits to do the to, to do the the police uh, not the police the um, uh, press releases uh, with help from a, a young guy. Thank God and. Uh, Three weeks I worked on this, and I mean, I'm not computer, uh, you know, savvy, but I ended up, you know, we, we had it, and it made it, and we, we it worked, and I'm so happy that we had over 100 people at our rally. Um, we would, our audience was supposed to be the media, but didn't really work out mm-hmm. that way, but we still have to go forward. We're going for our next rally now. Yeah. We'll have another one in the spring. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the message of the rally, Lana? To get our stories out there. It, it, I, like, in my case, my father, he was he was not going, going in for any mental uh, depression or anything. He had asthma. He was uh, attending the Royal Victoria Asthma Clinic, and they said that if he went into the Allen, he would, they would cure his asthma. Well... They didn't. They didn't cure his asthma. They made it worse, 50, didn't they? Fifty-four high voltage shock treatments. He went to uh, followed by fifty-four grand mal seizures. He was in an insulin coma for thirty-six, sleeping for thirty-six days 
with a recording. My mother said it was a recording was um, my, your mother hates you over and over and over for 36 days. And he came out and he had no judgment after that. He had not any judgment. How traumatic. But we grew up, I, you know, we grew up with a father that our small town used to call him the crazy man riding his bicycle around. Um, it was kept hush, hush, hush. Uh, nobody talked about it. I've only learned more about what happened to my father in the last year with the group that I'm in now because I couldn't understand his files, really, his medical files that I got in 1984. I, I tried to get my mother to get the full files back then, and she did. And when she got them, she just looked at me and she couldn't open the envelope because she was. it hurt her too much to deal with it, and I only got the files after she passed away. Uh, she had left them there and, and with my name on it, Lana. It says, here it is, Lana. You can do it. That's what she was telling me to do. She had didn't have the strength to fight at that time. So, you know, and then I, I brought it to uh, Mr. Stein, the other lawyer, and he said he couldn't do anything because my dad had passed away. So I decided I was really angry and I was going to write a book. So I went and I, I, I hired a writer and $400 deposit, and after going through all the, the medical files with her, she thought she got a bit worried and went to see her lawyer and told, told, told me that she couldn't write the book. It, it needed to be fiction, and she would have to change all the names in the book. And I said, no way. This really happened. I'm sorry. And I stopped immediately. And then, then I got into this group that I'm so grateful for, and I'm fighting for my dad and my mom. My dad was 27 years old, healthy, athletic young guy, climbing the ladder in his uh, career to come out and couldn't work anymore. He, 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 he got my son drunk at seven. My, I left him in charge of my son. I didn't think he was, I thought it would be okay. And he got my seven-year-old son drunk, and he ended up in the hospital. And uh, I could have lost my, uh, he could have died, and he could have been taken away from me through children's services. He just didn't have any knowledge of right and wrong when he came out of that Allen Memorial Institute. Wow. Yeah. And Julie, we hear that story often uh, of of folks now uh, adults and having to you know have having to have lived this with their parents, uh, seeing them before and seeing them after, and how it's changed them. It's just heartbreaking. You know, yeah. my father was a very devoted father. Uh, you know, he took us out. We were three kids, and he took us out every weekend on different outings. And when he came back, he was so completely detached from us. Just whatever bonds there were were broken permanently because my father was, never came back to the person he was. And, and although for a child that's very traumatic because we have no idea what happened to him or why he was gone for three months in the first place, which is traumatic enough for young children, but uh, the truth is, is that as bad as our story is, there's, there's always worse. You know, when people come to join the suit, and, you know, they feel the need to tell me their story, and I'm all ears, you know. And, uh, but we've had some of the most horrendous, horrendous stories. Uh, one common thread between a lot of them, I don't believe with Lana's father, however, thank goodness, is that a lot of these people came back very aggressive physically. 
And um, one of the things that's a common thread in a lot of the medical files is that Cameron complains about how aggressive the patients are. Like, he doesn't get it. There's a reason why they were aggressive. Maybe they realized that he was doing things to them that they shouldn't have been doing, but they were kept so drugged that they couldn't fight back. And I know for sure my father must have been one of them who knew damn well that what they were doing was not right. But they kept them so drugged that they really didn't have the ability to fight back, you know. And, uh, you know, there, there are just so many horrible stories. P- kids who witness their parents commit suicide or witness their parents attempting suicide. I mean, these things are just so traumatizing. And I'll tell you honestly, when I started reading the files that I've had since 1978, and I only read them two years ago, um, I, w- I was like, it puts so many things into perspective as far as my my childhood that I didn't understand before. So you go through all the pain and the heartache all over again when you start, when you join this suit. Because you really got to look at the files. And, yeah, you've got to look at the files, and it's been very difficult for a lot of people in our group. And that was one of the reasons why we formed this group, to be emotional in sports. Because it's, it's kind of unusual to have a group like ours for a class action. There's still a lot of them there that don't want to... There's a lot of them out there that okay. won't out with their story either. They're still they're yeah, still hiding behind fame. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I've asked some people to do interviews and they refuse because it's just too difficult for them. And there, I know there are many people out there who still have not joined the class action suit. But hopefully, when we win, they will come forward. Uh, but it's just uh, you know, I see how it affected my life and the life of my siblings and. And believe me, it's, it's, it's a really tough thing to go through. Letta, if you'll hold the line, we'll uh, come back to you. Uh, and Julie, I want to thank you so much for, um, for what you're doing um, and, uh, you know, for fighting for these victims and their families and, and your own and uh, for coming on the program right. as well. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeremy. It was great to speak to you again. And uh, I hope our next call will be full of good news. I hope so to you, uh, folks. Again, you can follow the fight at SAAGA.info. That's SAGA Survivors Allied Against Government Abuse. I'm Jeremy Scott. Our number to call in from Canada, 503-506-0396. Again, 503-506-0396. So, or you can call us in North America, toll free at 855-790-8255. And on Skype, international everywhere at ITP51. We're streaming 24-7 on the Parabnormal Radio app from TalkStream Live and at ParabnormalRadio.com. Tired of overpaying for the little blue pill? What if you could get the exact same results for just a fraction of the price, guaranteed? Well, now you can with sildenafil, the active ingredient in the blue pill. With 20 milligram generic sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right. Absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of the little blue pill. So give your wallet a break and call us toll-free at 800-367-9583 to get your generic sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. 
And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. Again, just call 800-367-9583 to get your generic Sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this. So call 800-367-9583 now. There's so much news between abnormal and paranormal, and there's only one place you can find it. Parabnormal News. It's not mainstream, not middle of the road, and definitely not for the faint of heart. From the paranormal to conspiracies, the unexplained and downright strange. Don't miss Parabnormal News with me, Brad Bernard. Parabnormal News is heard exclusively on Into the Parabnormal. In the wake of World War II, the U.S. government is engaged in a large number of secret medical experiments secret medical experiments designed to help win the Cold War. Developing techniques for mind control. Every time I had the uh, nitrous oxide, I felt like I was spinning, spinning, spinning faster and faster, and I always thought... Is this how it feels to die? Is this how it feels to die? He walked in saying people were trying to control his mind. My father was a 49-year-old Montreal businessman who uh, was successful and dynamic and whose life was destroyed, destroyed by a series of treatments. Well, I was asleep. They were shocking the heck out of me with electric shock. When the lights go down, the strange comes out. Into the Parabnormal. The Barbaric coming out tonight. Our program tonight, Brainwashed. Survivors allied against government abuse. Their website, SAAGA.info, held a rally at Parliament Hill. They weren't treated so well by the local authorities, but the fight marches on they've got another rally uh coming up uh lana from the uh from the group is with us she organized this rally uh can you tell us about the uh the next one coming up well we just uh had a discussion after this rally that we're going to plan uh one early spring at mcgill university in montreal and we're going to march on there on that with them because they're the part of the ones that are holding our our files. Well, that hopefully will have uh, you know more of an impact. Uh, I mean, you're going right there to the uh, you know to the beast itself. Yeah, and it's like it's just, it just blows my mind that everything I did before the rally we just had and how the the press release wasn't re- received. And I I spoke to the chap after the fact, and he told me he never received them. He said, send the press release now. I said, what? The rally's over. I said, okay, I'll send them now, but stay on the phone because I want to make sure I got the right email address, and he got it. So well, I isn't that something? Strange, very strange. Uh, very just, strange. yeah, slightly. And, uh, and because of that, we it, our, all our uh, the people we wanted, the media, weren't, weren't invited. But we did have uh, some of our members, and I did have a couple of very um, personal uh, addresses for some of the uh, politicians, and they were all sent a personal invitation to our rally, and none of them showed up either. I mean, there is a campaign going on right now for election, but they could have sent somebody. 
Um, let's go to uh, Kim in Ottawa. You're on with uh, with Lana, uh, survivors allied against government abuse. So welcome to the program. Hey, Lana. Hey, Jeremy. Um, I felt it was really important to call in because I really want to speak about this topic. Um, Jeremy, as you know, my grandmother was a patient there in the 1950s, and I am desperately trying to get her medical files. And I just want to say I'm completely disgusted with the treatment that I received from the archives department. I have tried to call them. They do not answer their phone. I've sent countless emails, and I get the same answers constantly parroted back to me that there's nothing they can do. My grandmother's name is not on their registry, and they refuse to go back into the storage area to look for her file. And we know she was there because my father can act as a witness, and his cousin also confirmed it. And I remember hearing about it when I was a kid. My grandmother went in for depression. Um, She was, I I think, in her 20s or 30s at that time. And uh, she lost two kids. And I always remember her crying a lot. This was after she had the electroshocks. And she was just a mess. And now my dad is so old, so he's putting me to do all of this. Like, we signed up for the class action. And I'm finding it just the treatment is really bad. So I have a message for the archives department. If you're listening for this to this, we're coming for you. I talked to our lawyers after the rally, and they said they're going to get someone in of their people to go in and look for my grandmother's file. Because the lies these people tell, some people get back redacted files. Other people get back files with missing pages. One woman had told me she had submitted, um, she was in a previous um, ex gratia payment plan program back in the 90s, and her file was with the Department of Justice. So she submitted her file, again, for this class action suit, like an application, and again, they redacted all the files and they gave it back to her. Like, what? what is up with these people? What are they doing? I, I want to know. Because I will Can I not tell stop until. Yeah, tell you what happened. Go ahead. To me? In 1984, yeah. I, I got my my father's files, and when the, the class action suit started going on, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell them that I have my files from the 1984." And right. I wanted to see what I was getting because I was missing a lot of pages out of the 1984 files. So mm-hmm. I got the files. It was half of what I received from 1984, and so I put in a complaint to the uh, CAI, it's called, it was in Quebec City, it's a a department where they they push people to give release files, I'm not sure if you've done that yet. I uh, didn't, because it's a waste of time, all the members that I've spoken to have not heard back from them, and I'm sure they don't want to deal with it because of the, the pending class action. So I, I haven't. They did get I mean, back to me. I got a letter in January, and I called them not too long ago, and my file has been sent from Quebec City to Montreal, and I'm, I'm going to call them tomorrow, actually. I was so busy right, with the rally. They need to get off their butt and handle mm-hmm. this, because I'm not, yeah. you know, it's like the way they're treating people, the, Jeremy, they're purposely going slow. I also think they're purposely not giving people their full files, 
they're incorrectly using uh, confidentiality agreements not to release everything. They're they're just hiding, and the day is going to come when they're going to have to release everything because we are not going to stop. We are not stopping. This is going and to continue. The the people that you're until talking we to, they're they're not there anymore. And they give you a new person, and then you start all over with a new person in the archives, and then they're gone. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. like Jeremy, the lawyer for the hospital, Mr. Barry, we were told he left back in the spring. So who yeah, he, who is the lawyer now? I'm sure they have a new one, but why did he leave? That's yeah, what I, I want to know. I that left. Yeah. But don't you find that strange, Jeremy? Like, what's going on? Well, it sounds like they're just trying to pass the buck, and they're hoping, you yeah. know, they're not... And, and, I mean, let's be honest, those people are probably moved into other roles, and now you have no way to contact them, because uh, they're no right. longer doing that job, and then they shuffle somebody else in, and then yeah. shuffle them out, and so, so they keep the you... Well, turnaround? You know, I, I personally do not trust that hospital at all. At all. And I'm sure there's something going on there, you know... There's some something going on, and, and we don't know. And we're kept in the dark trying to get these files. Like, most of the people who are in the Ex Gratia payment program in the 90s already have their files. But there's new people like us, like, like our family, who just found out about this last year, who are still trying to get files. And it's like the hospital is making it near next to impossible for us to obtain them. They're they're lying. In my opinion, they're not telling the truth, and they're purposely covering up because they don't want any new applications in this class action. And we're going to find out because the lawyers are going to get someone in there to deal with it. I, I am just so pissed at their entire staff. And I, you know, I don't even know what to do. I'm going to try and go in there and speak with someone, someone, but they're just probably going to give me the runaround again. But I have news for them. I will not be stopping, and I'm in it to win it. God bless you, Kim. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and, Lana, I appreciate you coming on the program as well tonight. Thank you very much, and thank you for how you, you know, we haven't had much media coverage. Thanks for God for you guys. <laughs> oh, and I'm happy to if you keep me updated, uh, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll continue to, uh, you know, to do the shows because these people do need to be held accountable, and this is this is horrible what has happened uh, to these uh, you know, these people, uh, you know, who uh, who went in for one thing and came out with something totally different. Uh, certainly not something that they expected, nor did they ask for, uh, nor did they deserve. So um, that's the show tonight. I want to thank everybody who made it possible. Uh, I'm Jeremy Scott from the Cold Dark Depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. God bless you, night-night, friends.
Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus, Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 1-844-300-LEAF. Thank you for supporting our advertisers. It keeps the show free for everyone. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror? How would you like to learn the secret to losing three to five pounds a week without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? It's called Body Sculpt RX. For the last two decades, we've helped countless people lose thousands of pounds. And now... It's your turn. Learn how to lose weight with one simple phone call and no prescription needed. You'll see an amazing difference in a matter of days. Don't believe us? We'll offer you a risk-free money-back guarantee. So if you're ready to start losing weight, call right now and get a free month supply with your first order of Body Sculpt RX. Call now. You have nothing to lose but the pounds. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. That's 800-395-4207. You've heard me talking about My Patriot Supply for a while, and things aren't getting any easier. From global conflicts and unstable supply chains, when shelves run on empty, you don't have to panic. Choose peace of mind with their three-month emergency food supply to keep your shelves and your stomach full. In an emergency, you won't have the time, resources, and ingredients to prepare your meals in the way you're used to. But you can get a leg up with My Patriot Supply. It's a three-month emergency food supply. You don't have to skimp. It's ready when you are. It's disaster-proof. And no food boredom here. 20-plus flavorful food and drink varieties. My Patriot Supply is offering a special deal for Into the Parabnormal listeners when you go to parabnormalradio.com slash food. Get your My Patriot Supply today from parabnormalradio.com slash food. That's parabnormalradio.com slash food. <laughs> 